0: You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again on Overtime Media. And it looks like we're live. Going to add in the Facebook group here really fast because we got to show some love to our wonderful Facebook supporters over there. And it looks like we are good to go. Mile High Hello, everybody in Broncos country. Welcome into day eight of Denver Broncos training camp and the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. I'm your host, Lance Sanderson. Joining me as per usual is my good friend and colleague. He's Mile High Huddle senior NFL draft analyst and a full-time staff member now For the last week. Full-time staff member for milehighhuddle.com, Eric Trickle. Eric, dude, like I said, day eight of training camp for the Denver Broncos is under wraps already. The quarterback competition is in a pretty much stalemate from what it sounds like I, just depending on who you listen to is, is who they have, you know, in, in like leading this race. But what do you think so far? How are you doing, man? Well, I mean,
1: the reason why like, it just depends on who you're listening to. It just, uh, it's just to keep it secret that I'm going to be the starting quarterback for them this year. So <laughs> that's all it is. But uh, no, I mean, it's the battle's going how we expected it to. If you just listen to the coaches This wasn't going to be decided in the first week of camp. It wasn't going to be decided by the first preseason game. It's going to be a long battle. It's going to take all month long. So nothing should be surprising about that. Other than that, I'm doing extremely good, man. Getting this first week down of being a full-time staff member for MHH has been awesome. My week has definitely been all kind of uh, mixed up, not having to get up and get ready for work or everything like that. And uh, I actually completely forgot today was Friday and that we had our show. Until I get a message from from Chad saying, hey, what's your guys' topic for tonight? And it's like, oh, yeah, got a show to do. So, uh, yeah, definitely been, uh, it's been fun, been really interesting. It's been really enjoyable being able to do, just focus on doing written content, doing videos. Being able to go back and actually get to a film piece again. Hopefully it should drop soon. It's a, It's a two-parter, but it's the first part of Bradley Chubb. Uh, Film piece on him breaking down the sacks he had this last year. Um, So super excited and super excited to be here tonight. Super excited
0: to keep going. Man, I'm looking forward to that Bradley Chubb piece, man. I tell you what, that that sounds like a, a hell of a piece to kind of do some. I mean, I did something similar with the with the uh, Jerry Judy piece that I did a couple of weeks ago, just breaking down the drops, you know, that he had last season, breaking down what went right, what went wrong, and everything. And it went over really well. I got a lot of positive feedback on that on my Twitter account. You guys can find me at Sanderson MHH and for Eric at Eric Trickle. Um, it just it was a it was a great to be able to sit down and and do something like that. Now that I, I mean we're done with the move and we've got everything kind of settled in. And I'm finding some more time to be able to focus on some written content myself. So I'm glad to be back in the saddle and being able to do this. And I, I perfectly. Perfectly timed out for us. I mean, training camp's well underway. There's a lot of news to break down for you guys. We're going to get into that here in just a couple of minutes. But before we get started on that, got to run by some matters of business. Of course, you guys are watching uh, the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. You guys can find me uh, again on Twitter at Sanderson MHH for Eric at Eric Trickle. Guys, the podcast account is at dvdd underscore pod. That's where you're going to find out what we're going to be talking about every single week. Uh, while you're at it, guys, Follow at mile high huddle. This is where you're going to get instant news and analysis on your Denver Broncos from your favorite mile high huddle personalities, including myself and Eric, uh, Nick and Carl, the building, the Broncos, Chad, Zach, uh, Luke Patterson, Kenny Booker, Mike Evans, the whole gang, anything that drops on your Denver Broncos, including opinion articles, um, quote pieces, film breakdowns. You're going to find that at mile high huddle on Twitter, uh, Facebook supporters. Make sure you guys go to facebook.com and click the blue, become a supporter button because guys, we're actually really excited about this. Chad was just talking about uh, this to us earlier, right before we went live. Uh, we're trying to get to 500 subscribe or 500,000 subscribers on the mile high huddle Facebook page. And if we get to that goal, uh, mile high huddle is going to be auctioning off a Von Miller Jersey to the Facebook users who donate stars. So guys get your star donations in, we have a live tracker of that. In fact, I have the top five of those uh, star donations up here right now. Uh, obviously, Zeus McPeak up at the very top, Michael Ronquillo who's been a very big supporter of the show, uh, Travis Weber as well, Claude Riley, Andrew Lamp. Everybody, thank you all for all of your donations. It means a lot. And Without you guys, we couldn't really do what we do, which is cover the Denver Broncos. So guys, if you have any stars, any comments, any questions for us you want us to get to throughout the course of the show, make sure, especially if you're on Facebook, drop some star donations, get yourself entered into the able to win that Von Miller auction Jersey that we're going to be pulling out once we hit 500,000 subscribers. So with that now, Obviously, the, the first thing that you have to talk about with when it comes to the Broncos training camp is the quarterback battle. We're not going to do that. We're going to flip the script around just a little bit. We're going to talk on the defensive side of the football, specifically the first-team defense. Now, Eric, I have been hearing majorly impressive things about this defense. Even though they're allowing a lot of yards, they're allowing these quarterbacks to kind of move the ball just a little bit, they're really gripping down in the red zone. Once again, Vic Fangio's red zone defense has been the number one defense in the NFL for back-to-back seasons. And, again, it looks like looks like it's uh, heading in that direction. Now, Eric, what do you think about the this Broncos defense? What have you been hearing specifically?
1: I mean, this defense, Vic Fangio's whole mantra is bend but don't break. You can give them yards. If you're going to let them score, try to keep it to three. And so far in practice, I mean, the other day practice ended with two move-the-ball drills where they intercepted it in the red zone. They have multiple interceptions in the red zone. They're stepping up. They're doing. They're living up to this mantra, getting that ball away from the offense in the red zone, keeping them from scoring. I mean, and this just screams potential for this defense. And it's worth noting that neither of these quarterbacks in this quarterback battle have done well against the first unit. They both have struggled. Yeah, they've both turned the ball over. Like, goes a big way as to why neither of them have really separated. But one great thing about this as well with this defensive front is that they've been able to insert a couple other people. I mean, Justin Sternod's gotten first team reps. McTelvin Ajim's gotten first team reps. Caden Stern's gotten some first team reps. And if I remember right, the new guy, Ferris, Rod Jesterman Ferris, I think it's his name. Yep. He was able to see some first team reps and he just, his first practice was Monday. And I think he got it on, it he got Wednesday. a couple reps on Tuesday, I think is when it was, it was Wednesday.
0: But can, Wednesday. He got in on the first team defense on Wednesday. Yep.
1: Yeah, so like it's just great to see these guys to step up and make an impact and be able to get to this point where it's starting to look like this defense has some depth, especially after last year where depth was such a big problem.
0: Yeah, especially, you know, at towards the light, the later half of the season, you know, where you were watching Parnell Motley and um Nate Harrison and who was the other guy that they that they had to bring in, I can't remember who, because it wasn't Duke Dawson, it wasn't the same basket, the guys that were on the roster in training camp that that managed to play through they all got injured. I mean, you, you had Michael Moody out there, Devontae Harris is the other one I'm thinking about that played a lot like extensive snaps as in starting yeah. position. This Devontae they,
1: Harris was like go a little bit. Like, we're on the midpoint of the season. Oh, okay. I to, so, I ended I, there's... up with Baltimore.
0: There's a, there's a third cornerback that they had that they had to bring in. And it was just a, like, like they were down to like what, seven, eight and nine cornerback on the depth chart with, and then with, uh, with Michael Ojemudia who struggled last season. Let's just be honest here. Uh, before we continue on this, I got to say hello to the chat. We are popping off right now. We've got a lot of people throwing some stars out here. Peter Middleton all the way over in Cambodia. What's up, dude. Glad to have you back on the show. It's always nice to have you guys. Uh, Mike S on YouTube saying, what's up Broncos country. How we doing, Mike? Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, KB 82 as well. Good evening, fellows. Do you see Jonathan Cooper making the 53 man roster? And if so, what are his chances of getting four plus sacks? Eric, this is actually a pretty good question.
1: It is. And this is actually a great chance to self promote a little bit up on my I have my latest 53 man roster uh, prediction going. Mm -hmm. It is up. Go ahead and check that out. Um, It's so it's not really a prediction, so to speak. It's kind of just taken the first week of practice, making adjustments in basically talking about guys who've really made a strong push for it. And Jonathan Cooper, he's one of them. He's one of the guys that I do have it. I have five edges. Um, And of course, shout out to Lance. He actually helped me build this 53-man roster along with James Campbell. Um, But getting four sacks, it's possible. I think that four is a little high. But I mean it's possible. I mean this dude's motor never stops and his former college teammate Draymond Jones actually spoke about that saying how he will give you 100% and never slow down.
0: Yeah, and there's 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 some there's some heart issues you got to kind of worry about with him, but it sounds like everything's all good to go on that. However, uh if you've been following along listening to the Broncos Country tonight on uh, 850 KOA or 1043 The Fan, which I, I I listen to both stations. I listen to as much Broncos content as I possibly can. As soon as the pads came on on Tuesday, Jonathan Cooper took his game to the next level and actually had a what sounded like a pair of sacks and a couple of really nice plays in the running game going against the second team offensive line. So there is a there is a chance for him to make this roster, and I do believe that he is going to be one of the five edges that we talked about. Uh, guys, go check that out. It is up on milehighhuddle.com. Um, it's Eric and mine and James Campbell's 53-man roster prediction. But back to the hellos for everybody. Uh, Andrew Baker jumping in here, dropping some stars as well. What's up, fam? Just uh, showing some love for Eric and Lance. Congrats on the job, Eric. Uh, Hashtag MHH for life. Thanks, Andrew. We appreciate that. Colby Collier jumping in here, dropping some stars. Nothing to say, but just showing some love. We appreciate you, big dog. Uh, Gary Leeds Palmer as well. Dylan Von Ars running some stuff behind the scenes here for us tonight as well as a moderator. We appreciate that. Relo Takeover. Uh, Kenneth Patterson jumping in here. Uh, Ruben Guevara Jr. jumping in here. Do you guys think that we regret drafting uh, Bradley Chubb over Josh Allen with the big news today about him signing that long-term extension? It's hard to argue against it. However, is there's the one big argument about this is with the turmoil of the Broncos coaching staff and changing offensive coordinators and the way that Josh, that Josh Allen played in his first couple of seasons where he did show limited growth, but he did show growth. Would he be the player that he is now outside of, you know, playing underneath Brian Dable for, for three seasons?
1: That's that's a good point, and uh, I don't think he would be. I, I I It always goes to mention when these quarterbacks end up making it big, just how impactful these the coaching staff is on them, and it's that's the same to every position. And Josh Allen, if he went to Denver with everything that was going on, I don't think that he would end up being a successful quarterback. They didn't have they, they still struggle to really build around their the guys that they have mm-hmm. extremely well, um, and they just so much overturning of the of the of the coaching staff that you just don't have um, not necessarily the stability. But the right people in place to help him um like the bills did so I don't yeah, I don't know good. if there's regret but I mean I don't think that they're but at the same time I think there's a little bit regret like it's kind of a weird situation I think that the, they know these things that they probably didn't have the same stuff and if they wanted him they had their chance to take him and they passed obviously um but at the same time it's like maybe if they took him he still ended up this way like it's just it's a weird okay. position to be in. It's like it's not too dissimilar from Tom Brady being you know, that 6 round pick becoming what he is. Does every single every team sit there and regret passing up a little bit? I'm sure. Yeah. But would he have been the same thing if anybody else take selected him earlier?
0: It's it's such an interesting dichotomy there. And I, I do think that you got to give Josh Allen a lot of credit for the way that he worked, especially going over um, Seasons 1 and 2, and then especially from Season 2 to Season 3, where he really identified that he needed to start winning from the pocket and stop putting his uh, the beating on his body and everything. And he worked on his footwork, his hand placement when he was uh, throwing the football. You don't want to have your hand away from your body. You want it nice and tight because that helps bring your shoulders around. And like he worked on his form. He worked on his mechanics, and he really showed that. And it, it like I heard something earlier today on, uh, I can't remember if it was Broncos country tonight or if it was on the fan where it was like, no, no one really predicted that Josh Allen was going to, you know, make this breakout and become like an MVP. Okay. You're, you're not wrong about being an MVP, but there was a lot of people saying, if you look at his mechanics, especially on Twitter, uh, you follow at cover one. I can't remember what his name actually is, but he's a, he's a Buffalo bills guy. I follow him because I follow Josh Allen because he went to Wyoming and that's my quarterback. Okay. Uh, but uh, he was showing a whole bunch of highlights. There was a bunch of people talking about it. And everyone's like, you know what? He's actually taking these steps, and he's really looking good in training camp. And we're going to see how it turns out. And guess what? He was a top five quarterback last season. So shout out to Josh Allen and the work that he did. But uh, we're going to end up that conversation here. i got to say hi cool. to you. Jumping in here. Oh real quick, I just
1: want to point out this from Roughing the Passer it says don't feel bad about Josh Allen because the Chiefs traded up with the Bills in twenty seventeen to draft Patrick Mahomes. Yep. And that's kind of what I was getting at with the, the other comment too, with Tom Brady and her thing is do uh do the Bills feel a little bit of regret, even though they have Josh Allen, of allowing the Chiefs to go get Mahomes.
0: No, because the because the Bears are the ones that are feeling the real regret because they traded up to draft Mitch Trubisky. That is true. So, like, that's that's where they, – they passed on Deshaun Watson, which his legal situation is a completely different situation. We're not going to talk about that. No, but, that. Uh, but then they, they passed on Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes to draft Mitch Trubisky, who is a backup to the starter in Buffalo, Josh Allen. That's where Mitchell Trubisky ended up in free agency. That's a full, that's full circle. Holy cow. Okay, whatever. Uh, Andrew Morrow jumping in. Uh, nothing to say on Facebook. Just showing some love, dropping some stars. We appreciate you there. I got a super chat I want to grab really fast before we get back to the defensive side of the football here. If I can find that. Where did that run off to? Um, sorry, guys. Pause, pause, pause. Oh, it's Mark. Mark, what's up, dude? We appreciate you for joining up. $5 super. What's up, guys? Uh, Sturgis is a rare gem Uh, Hashtag DVD Hashtag Darth Bane Yeah, that's right Sturgis is this week Sturgis Bike Week Uh, I've never actually been And it sounds like a blast My parents go all the time They stay out at the Buffalo Chip And go do do concerts and everything That's a story for another time though Back to the Broncos uh, training camp here Well,
1: no you got to talk about Sturgis I get to talk about that other hashtag there Darth Bane Um, Hats off to you, Mark That is probably one of the coolest Sith Lords In all of Star Wars lore uh, Darth Bane is freaking awesome, and he's his books are actually some of what got me into as into Star Wars as I am. Okay. Hats off to you for the mention of Darth Man. Man,
0: man I, I really need to get into Star Wars because I have no idea who you guys are talking about. But uh, You can
1: push out that baseball and hockey crap to make room for Star Wars.
0: No, I, I'm, I'm still going to root for my ass. Baseball I haven't been paying attention to nearly as much because I don't – man, screw Dick Monfort. That's just all I have to say about that. All right. Broncos football. That's what we're here to talk about. We're going to talk about Broncos football. Uh, first team defense is actually playing very well. We were kind of breaking that down just a little bit. Uh, something that you really guys that you guys really need to pay attention to is this interior defensive line and the rotation that they have with Draymond Jones and McTelvin Ajeem, and because those two guys are standing out all the time and and shout out to marquis spencer who he actually had a leg injury today we're not as sure the extent of that he walked to the trainer's room underneath his own power i don't think he was seen at practice again so we'll kind of find out something on that I've, if anyone has a uh, update on marquis spencer show uh show sh- put it into the chat for us really fast but draymond jones is damn near unblockable going against the second second team offensive line and even the first team offensive line and McTelvin and Jean, He's actually taken on that Shelby Harris role where he's knocking down passes at the line of scrimmage. He had uh, two knocked down in the same practice the other day. Both of them resulted in interceptions, and one well, of those was one that he one caught. One
1: of them was not it. One of them was an interception. One of them was almost an interception.
0: Okay, okay. So I I, I misunderstood that. Regardless, so he's getting his hands on football. He's he's, uh, taking a big step in the running game. And his pass rush, that first step to explosion that he had back in Arkansas, he's showing it at this level now. And he's actually becoming a a legit threat as a rotational pass rusher for this defense. This pass rush is going to be scary on the inside, man.
1: Well, and it's funny that you're talking about the defensive line. I actually just recorded a video about this focusing on Both lines and more so the guys behind them, Mike Munchak and Bill Kohler. Well, the Broncos on both sides of the ball, they want to win up front. They want to run the ball. They want to win with as few pass rushes as possible. The growth we're seeing from uh, Draymond Jones, him, he could, I think he can really push 10 sacks this year. McTelvin Ajim, I don't know. I mean, maybe not over five sacks, but like maybe seven at most, like getting his hands up. They can get a lot of pressure with fewer pass rushers. It's going to be very scary. I mean, they're built to win in the trenches right now, so a lot's going to be a test on these two coaches, how well they were able to develop these guys. And uh, stay tuned for that video and that article. It should be out probably sometime this weekend.
0: Yeah, looking forward to that. Speaking of the offensive line, I want to grab this from Jody, who just wants to troll me and Eric for sure. Jody has always been this Garrett Bowles guy and, to, and talking just all this mess. It, well, between him and Mark, shout out to Mark again. Uh, Eric, how is Bowles doing, LOL? He's actually playing very well. He's been playing, <laughs> he's he's been playing of, incredibly
1: well. He's been doing extremely well in practice. Um, and actually on Bowles, I think one of the best things about him is that he really seems to have taken this mentor type role, especially with Calvin Anderson, who he calls his little brother. Um, that's great to see. It's the next step of gross from Garrett Bowles that we, that I wanted to see anyways, but still, he's still got to go out there and play at a high level and has to do that more than a year that had so, so much going on outside of it. But I mean, there was no denying that he made, um, a lot of technical improvements and breaking down his state. It was easy to see.
0: Yeah, it, it, we saw that coming into coming out of what 20, 2019, going into twenty twenty. You and I both said that he was going to take a next step forward, and he did. Um, but uh, it, and you were talking about steps in maturity and steps in in leadership and everything. Uh, obviously, taking Calvin Anderson under his wing that's a that's a big deal. They're roommates. I mean, Calvin Anderson lived with Garrett Bowles for a long time, and uh, I think it was throughout training camp last season for sure, and maybe even. Through and they part spent time this
1: offseason. They spent yep, yep. time loving each other living together this offseason.
0: Okay, so I, I didn't know that part, but I did know they lived together last year. Another thing that I want to see that a lot of people wanted to see from Garrett Bowles was accountability. He he holds himself accountable to everything. There's stories about Garrett Bowles and about his play and how he's frustrated with his play, uh, crying in his locker after that game against the Chicago Bears. We've mentioned that multiple times, but something that I saw and it was on a uh, it was actually on uh, what was a Wednesday because they were off yesterday. On Wednesday, Drew Locke threw a red zone interception to close out the the move the ball period that they had, and Garrett Bowles was visibly pissed off. He was like very 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 frustrated very mad actually was probably the most mad person on the field because he worked that like they worked that offense all the way down the field and had an opportunity to score a score a touchdown and drew Locke had another bonehead red zone interception like he's want to do and Garrett Bowles was very very rightfully so pissed off about the whole situation maybe he wasn't necessarily mad at you know drew maybe he was mad at the and I don't want to try to you know speculate on anything like that but you could see him he was actually like tossing his hands around, it, it was it was very clear that he was up, upset and frustrated. That's that's something to me holding yourself accountable and then turning around and holding other players on your team accountable. Like that's that's something that's a big thing in leadership.
1: And then we got uh, this one from Josh Alston. Alstrom. Sorry, says not been to camp. Can you speak to Miners versus Kush? Um, yeah, one's smokable, one's not. Anyways. I can't believe I just said that while we were live. But uh, anyways, um, there's no competition there. Um, Lloyd Cushionberry has made big strides forward, um, showing up in camp a little bit. I mean, last year his play was really soft, and he just had to take this big step forward. And he seems to be on that right track. He spent a lot of time in the weight room this year to get a little bit stronger, which hopefully translates onto the field. He's doing a good job. He's starting to prove me wrong a little bit because I've been very doubtful of him being able to turn around, but it's practice and offensive line in practice have a disadvantage against the offensive line because there are limitations to how much, uh, contact you want, even in padded practices. Um, so in games, we'll see, we'll see where it is, but, uh, it's a good showing from Cushenberry and Vic Fangio. After the first day, flat out said, if this is to be a competition, Quinn Miners has to make it a competition. And that seems to be the case. It's not a competition.
0: Well, and in in Quinn Miner's defense, obviously you're you're a third round pick, rookie draft pick, coming out of Wisconsin Whitewater hasn't played a really a snap worth of football other Outside than the, the Senior Bowl. Bowl, yeah, yeah, like he played the Senior Bowl, but Division three football that's Wisconsin Whitewater they opted out of the the entire season last year due to uh, the ongoing pandemic, so you can't you know hold it against him, however. There is, and there's also another learning curve. He always played guard at Wisconsin Whitewater. He was never actually played center until the senior bowl. So he is literally learning a new position, playing football for the first time in almost two years, and has to learn and grow into his body again, grow into the NFL game, grow into the NFL weight room, and, you know, win a, a starting job from a guy that's been there for a year. And granted, he struggled last season, but it's it's not necessarily a, 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 a hard, to, hard to explain this. It's not a problem that Lloyd Cushenberry is uh, um, is winning this job. It's not a problem that Quinn Miners isn't doing enough to push him. It's just the fact of reality that Quinn Miners hasn't been around the game for, you know, yeah. 300, 365 days at least. And um, then also
1: on top of that with Quinn Miners is the Broncos, they want Cushionberry to win this. Cushionberry, yeah. I know there's been a lot of talk that he can play guard. He can't. He is not a guard-type prospect. He is a center-only guy. Miners, he can play guard. They want Cushionberry to win this job there. They want Miners and uh, Nathaniel Moody to develop at guard because then that gives them an option with Graham Glasgow and Dalton Reisner here in a couple of years as to what to do there. They want Cushionberry to win at guard. Miners was there to help push him and kind of be cross trained as a guard and center. Right now they're focusing on center. Well, because they weren't sure where Cushionberry was going to be and because they wanted to focus on him at one spot.
0: Yeah, and which makes sense. I mean, if you're if you're drafting the guy as that competition for the center spot, leaving at the leaving at the competition for the center spot, let him. You know, he's he's drinking through a fire hose, guys. I don't know if you ever heard that thing. Imagine that trying to drink through a fire hose. It's the worst thing in the world. Um, that, that's where.
1: I believe there's a family guy episode where they do that and it just like takes all the skin and everything as a skeleton.
0: Exactly. Like yeah. I, I couldn't even imagine even trying it. But that's that, that's absorbing way too much information and trying to learn a, a new offensive system, learn a new position. There's there's a lot that goes into it. And Quinn Miners, I, I, I like Quinn Miners a lot. I think that he's a physical player. He's going to he's going to have a role in this offensive line sometime in the near future. I just don't think it's going to be right now.
1: And real quick, there's, talking about Quinn Miners, there's one comment I want to make, going back to drinking out of a fire hose. Maybe we can get Nick to do it, and he can tell us how it feels.
0: He is the one that will, that likes to do a lot of science experiments, so he might be willing to do that.
1: And uh, anyways, um, Jody Moncrief says, and lose the belly, talking about Quinn Miners. And a lot of interior offensive linemen, they have a big belly. It's not uncommon. It actually is very beneficial for them, because it helps with their center of
0: gravity, actually. Yep. Yep, and uh, why would you want to take away from his mantra that he is? He's grown, grown a brand. Beast? He's grown a brand. It's the belly of the beast, the gut. He has merchandise for his belly, and I, I want to see it more. It's glorious. That that dude when he was at the I scene of, of the uh, No, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate the 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 candor there, but uh, let's let's just not. Uh, Michael Ronquillo jumping in here, one of the leaderboard, uh, one of the guys up on the leaderboard as far as the most stars donated to the Mile High Huddle Facebook page. Uh, Michael, good evening, man. Appreciate you for joining us here. Uh, let's see here. Last little notes on the defensive side of the football that I have here. Obviously, the quarterbacks have been struggling, but another thing is here, uh, Justin Sternod has been playing a lot. Josie Jewell has an injury right now. I'm not sure what it is. I've, I just keep missing the updates on it but uh, I think it's a groin strain. Now that I think about it, it's a groin strain. Um, But Justin Sternod, in lieu of Josie Jewell's absence, has been showing out in practice. He's been going sideline to sideline in the running game, has been covering uh, tight ends very well. He's actually starting to carve out a niche again, like he did last season, where he could be a a big player for this Broncos defense on uh, on obvious passing situations. I think he's got to bulk up just a little bit and get a little bit stronger in the running game, but he is putting himself in the right position from the sound of it. Who was that? Uh, Justin Sternod.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, he's doing well sorting through the trash and uh, making plays, but yeah, he's just got to do better when he takes on blocks. He's doing well in coverage. He did have a bad bite on a play action that went for a big play for Noah Fant, but uh, he's doing well, and there is a lot of praise for him, and he was getting a lot of praise last year. Um, yep. John Houston came in with the $4.99 super chat saying, someone posted the coaches are leaning towards Teddy. Can you validate that? So we passed on fields for Teddy. Is Drew looking that bad? Um, no, they passed on fields in hopes they would land Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um and the coaches, they are leaning Teddy Bridgewater um uh, simply because he's viewed as a little bit safer, not as high variance as Locke is. And often I've noticed this a lot. Often when you talk about Teddy Bridgewater being safer, it's automatically goes to interceptions. That's not always the case. It's just the variance about it. Um such high variance about it. I mean, you have Teddy Bridgewater and then you have Drew Locke. Like your highs are up here for Locke, but your lows are way down here, whereas Teddy's just kind of in this range. Um, that's, that's what I mean when I talk about Teddy being a little bit safer. Yeah. And the thing is, and Lance had a tweet about this and may as well jump into it since we've had yeah, a lot might of as well. is it is not a good thing that with Ted, Teddy Bridgewater being who he is, he's not going to change. He's not going to really grow to be more than what he is. It is not a good thing that drew lock has not really separated himself from the competition. Um, going in today, I did have it as a slight lead for drew lock, but now they're basically neck and neck. Teddy Bridgewater, he was the better quarterback today, and it seems like after the few interceptions that Locke has thrown over the last few practices, that he's just kind of gotten in his own head, is playing very reserved, and he's now he's now being checked down. Teddy, and Teddy Bridgewater is making plays downfield. Now the passes yep. aren't always in great, aren't always the best passes, but he's putting it where only the receiver can make a play,
0: yep.
1: um, which is what you want to see. And the worst thing about it was is how those interceptions came between the two of them. Um, so really, no one's ahead. But I do think that the coaches they are want they are wanting Teddy to win this.
0: Well, I, th- I think that it really did come down to between the two of them, and I've I've heard this take from multiple different people um, all across Denver media, including Eric as well. The, the safer option, obviously, is Teddy Bridgewater. And that's the way that the coaches are going to want to lean because they're trying to protect their jobs, guys. Like, they really are. Vic Fangio is on the hot seat. Pat Shermer's on the hot seat. I mean, George Payton it obviously didn't blow everything up. He wanted to get kind of a, a, a state of the situation with the Broncos. But if it's close and no one's really separated themselves from winning this competition, just flat out, right? Like, obvious, it's obvious that this is going to happen this way. They're going to default to Teddy Bridgewater. He's the veteran. He is the safe option. Is Like Eric said, he is kind of more of a level playing field. You have a little little bit of highs, a little bit of lows and stuff like that, whereas Drew is that guy that's always up and down. You never know what you're going to get. It's going to default to the veteran. And they're going to let Drew, you know, kind of sit back in the wings. When Teddy starts to falter, they'll bring Drew in, see what he thinks, especially if the Broncos are struggling. If the Broncos are, you know, like say say week, week eight, week nine, right about that 500 area kind of on the outside looking in for the playoff race, they're going to then insert Drew Locke and say, all right, you've got an extra extended period of time to work with everything in practice. You've been showing us some some good stuff. Here you go. You get the rest of the season, and this is your audition, essentially. This is the last eight, nine games. This is what you're going to get and if you don't show to us that you're the, the franchise guy, we're moving on. However, the way that this court, this comp, this competition does change is if Drew Locke does outshine Teddy Bridgewater, who some people have said that, that he's like league average. Show me a season. Show me a season, please, please, where Teddy Bridgewater across the board was league average. I mean, yeah, he's a high completion percentage, but he's only thrown 15 touchdown passes ever in a single season. That was last year in 15 total games. So if we're going to see the, the average Teddy Bridgewater season, you're talking bottom third of the league still. I mean, if it's, if it's 18, yeah, that's not a high enough jump for Drew Locke. Now, if it's the Teddy Bridgewater that we saw in New Orleans a couple of seasons ago where he went went 5-0 and through nine touchdown passes compared to two interceptions in five games and was looking like he actually was becoming back into that franchise quarterback, which got him assigned to a three-year $60 million deal in Carolina – Like if that's the Teddy Bridgewater we're talking about, we're seeing in practice and drew is neck and neck with that. That actually makes me excited here. That means he is taking kind of that next step forward. But if it's your typical average Teddy Bridgewater where he's bottom third of the league, you know, uh, 22, 23, 24, or like last season where he was in uh, adjusted net yards per attempt, which is one of the most accurate and telling quarterback statistics you can have as far as their efficiency rating is go and everything. Teddy Bridgewater was 20th in average net yards per attempt last season. Drew Locke was 31st. If he can get to 20th, uh, that's not enough. Uh, he has to beat that and be more efficient, be better with the football, take care of the football more. He has to beat that out. I'm looking for close to 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns and 10, 10 to 12 interceptions. Like, that's where Ted, that's where Drew Locke has to be. And if he's not beating out Teddy Bridgewater in practice, I want to see the games. Don't I, I'm not passing judgment yet, but he's not catching up to Teddy Bridgewater in practice. I got to see the games. But if he's not going to pass Teddy Bridgewater in practice, he's not going to do it anytime soon. Yeah,
1: and before we move on from this, um, cause I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about Rogers, but Jesse Anderson, I don't think it's fair to say we gambled on Rogers. I think PST was too valuable valuable to pass up. Um, yeah. If you get Rogers, otherwise, Denver. no Denver had the best cornerback in the NFL for multiple years. In my opinion, he was one of the greatest ever in champ Bailey. When did he finally get to a Super Bowl? When he had a quarterback, when he had Bait Manning, that was it. Um, so, even if Rod, even if Sertan is able to hit that level, and I think Sertan's ceiling isn't quite that high, but even if he's able to get there, it's still not as valuable as a quarterback. And especially a quarterback like Justin Fields, who's been killing it in training camp. And I know there's going to be a lot of people, well, it's only training camp. Well, it's the same thing for Sertan. Let's see what they do in games. I know in a later comment, Jesse, you mentioned how Sertan was a can't-miss blue chip prospect. Really, it's just no such thing. I've seen so many blue chip prospects fail. Like, it's no such thing. Sertan is looking really good. I was very low on him, but I wish him success. Denver drafted him. I wish he reaches the ceiling of being a really good corner in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Let's just see it happen in games first before we start crowning him as that such in training camp. Same with Justin Fields. Like, I know that there's a lot of people that really want Justin Fields that are and they're saying, well, look at how good Justin Fields is doing. Well, let's see what he does in the actual games first. Same with Drew Lock. Same with Teddy. Let's see what they do in these preseason games first. Yep. But no, Denver. They passed on Fields for two reasons. One of them was that they believed they were going to get Aaron Rodgers, and two, they were a little bit scared about his epilepsy, even though there was absolutely no reason to be.
0: Yeah, Justin Fields has epilepsy, and they they've managed it and worked about it. Uh, they also there was something that I had heard that uh, they had they had Pat Sertan as a top five player on their board. They had Justin Fields as a top ten player on their board. So they were they were relatively close, but. George Payton stuck true to his board and took the top five player that he had. He knew that he had top five players that they were in love with, and they thought that he was going to be this great, this great cornerback prospect. And as Mark Langley jumping in here with the $5 super says, Sertan looks really good. And I have that in my notes. We were going to get to that. We might as well get it right now. He has an interception already, has a couple of pass breakups the other day, had a big pass breakup today against Jerry Judy down the sideline that sounded like he was in, in perfect placement, perfect coverage. They're using him all over the field. Like he looks really good, and that's fine. But it doesn't move the needle. I mean, like we were just talking about, like Eric was just talking about. Champ Bailey was the best cornerback in the NFL. Had the best cornerback season ever in 2006. The Broncos went nine and seven and missed the playoffs. Like that's that's what a bad quarterback situation will do. And if you guys remember 2006, that was Jake Plummer versus Jay Cutler. That was a bad quarterback situation. So that's how that works out. And I'm sorry, I, I hate to be that guy. And I, I hope Sir Tam balls out, man. I really do. I loved him as a player. Didn't like him as a scheme fit here, but it sounds like they're figuring out ways to use him in ways that he's having a lot of success early. So great. That's awesome for the Broncos, but you got to have a quarterback to be able to have these guys work out in the way that they need to work out. So Mark, again, thank you for the super uh, last part of this. The first Sith emperor, Eric was Marcos Reganos. So there you go. More, more Star Wars stuff.
1: A couple more comments. Uh, Georgian said, I heard fields was struggling, so he's not, he, had a, he struggled the first practice, and after that, he's been killing it. Uh, Mr. Boggins said Sertan was above fields. He was. Um, absolute, epilepsy can be triggered more, more at higher altitudes. Um, there's actually not enough uh, research information into that to actually say it. Early stuff that they have done does suggest that is the case. It's just nothing actually says that is 100%
0: the case. Right. And, right. Uh Travis Weber jumping in here. I think it was Travis that was just dropping some stars for us. Not bashing Teddy, and yes, he is a safe bet veteran, but I feel he needs to do more than what he's been doing to outdo Locke. Either way, whoever wins a job, I will have his back. So this last this last part of this, absolutely, whoever wins the job, I'm going to root for him. Plain and simple. Eric, go yeah. ahead.
1: And my thing is, is, you're not wrong. Teddy does need to do more to beat out Locke. Just as Locke needs to do more to beat out Teddy. I mean, that's the simple thing about this is neither guy has really taken this step up to grab hold of this quarterback battle and start to run away with it. It just hasn't happened. That's part of the point that we're trying to make here. It's still close because that just hasn't happened, and it's got to. And whoever it is, I mean, I, I've made jokes about this all the time about Locke fans and Teddy fans, and my hope is, is that everybody is rooting actually for the Denver Broncos to win, no matter who is that quarterback. But – like there, there's just some people out there that i just don't know if that's actually the truth but uh we'll see what happens whatever it is let's hope for a good bronco season because we can use it or if you want to start over hope for a bad one i guess and that they land a quarterback
0: i don't know yeah uh zebulon jumping in here on facebook drops and some stars he also has a comment here and we're going to kind of break this down just a little bit but not very much i i understand where you're going i got more notes that i want to get to on this we got a few minutes though. So. uh so if drew Locke gets the last game the uh, last eight games and goes six and two or five and three but is still up and down what happens he was four and one as a rookie but the team immediate, uh, immediately made him compete As the starter, after one subpar season, starting in a super wacky-ass season, why not support him fully until he fully busts? I hate the immediate judgment.
1: They are fully supporting him. Just because they're making him compete for a job in the NFL after a bad year doesn't mean they're not. Right. It's it's that simple. It's quarterback is the most important position. If you're not going to go out there and you're not going to take hold of it and you're not going to start showing even immediate signs of success or potential, and I know somebody's going to throw in Josh Allen, Josh Allen helped his team win games. Yep. Peyton Manning, John Elway, I know those first rookie years were not that the best, but year two, they took a step forward. They showed signs of potential. They showed signs of being better than they were. Drew Locke was worse than he was in those first in those five games his rookie year. So they're yeah. making him compete as they should.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I definitely agree with you. I'm going to grab a share screen really fast because I want you to take a look at what I have as the number, it's the the pinned tweet on my Twitter profile. Okay. And this is exactly what I want you guys to understand here. Hopefully, y'all can see this. It's, uh, let's see here. It would be this tweet right here. It says, it is okay to be a fan, it is also okay to have some blind faith in your favorite team but also at the same time, it's okay to be critical in your analysis of how they're performing while also wanting what is best for the team. Just some food for thought, okay? So with that, guys, let's see, where am I at here? Okay. Uh, with that, being critical in your analysis is never a bad thing, okay? And uh, to have blind homerism and to you know continue to just root for everybody, I have that blind homerism. I really do. I want the Broncos to succeed regardless of who's out there on the field. Where I get critical is, how the team is performing it doesn't matter who is on the field if the team is playing bad if the quarterback's playing bad I'm going to be critical of that and that's what we've had for the last five seasons going back to 2015 even because Peyton Manning and Brock Osweiler they didn't play very well at the quarterback position I was critical of that as well and the Broncos won the damn Super Bowl over the last five seasons after that four in a row seasons we've missed missed the playoffs guys this team is hovering hater. below five. Like they're terrible. They are absolutely terrible. Go be a Raiders you, fan hater. Right. Exactly. And the, the gatekeeping has to stop too. Like <laughs> you can, you can, you can have blind faith in your team, and that's fine. And you, you can want Drew Lock to succeed. I want Drew Lock to succeed. I want him to. He was my number two quarterback in that class behind Kyler Murray. I was comfortable with the Broncos taking him at number 10 overall. I wanted Drew Locke. I want him to succeed. There was no bigger Drew Locke honk on this website other than me. That was my guy. I want him to succeed. Plain and simple.
1: Going back to the chat here, I know we have a lot more that we want to talk about, including Trinity Benson, because I I actually want to beat my chest about Trinity Trinity Benson. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jay says, congrats going full sports writer, by the way. Um, Thanks, Jay. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate that, man. Um, it's definitely been a joy being able to wake up and just spend time with my daughter every single day, um, come into my office, do some work and then being able to just go and get a nice little break. Um, very nice. Um, I see a couple comments from both Trevor and Jay about, uh, future quarterbacks, Malik Willis name specifically and others in the case of these quarterbacks fail. Um, we'll save that for another date. Yeah. Um, definitely right now we just kind of want to focus a little bit on training camp. Um, Kenneth Peterson comes Patterson comes in and says, separation comes in preseason games, not these ridiculously soft practices. Uh not sure you guys are so separ- separation in practice. Like if you're gonna show it in games, you gotta show it in practice as well. Yeah. That's part of being an NFL quarterback. So the, um, the
0: the problem that I have with that statement, not in these ridiculously soft practices. First off, um I, I don't think anything about football is soft. If they're not going to the ground or whatever, like don't that actually kind of triggers me just a little bit so sorry about that Kenneth I don't want to just come at you like that however you do see that separation like quite honestly if if you're in a quarterback competition and there's no separation that means you know you don't have the guy like this is going to be terrible do you think that i mean let's even go to you know middle of the road quarterbacks kyler murray who is probably not the best pocket passer in the NFL do you think that their backup quarterback looks anything close to kyler murray no because he's the guy you know when when you know you have the guy, and that's that's the guy that is literally showing himself to be your starter. You are going to know it, okay? And you're going to see it in practice, not just the games. You're going to see it in practice. You think Aaron Rodgers looks like Matt Flynn? You think that Russell Wilson looks like whoever their backup quarterback is? You think that Justin Fields isn't showing out in Bears camp right now, showing that he can be the guy over mm-hmm. Andy Dalton? Or how about Trey Lance, who is showing that he can be the guy as a third overall pick? over Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been in the league for seven seasons. And I just want to point out is like Tim
1: Tebow didn't show up in practices, showed up in games. Like, okay, that's one very big exception because how he showed up in games wasn't as a quarterback. Paxson Lynch never showed up in practice, never showed up in games. If you have what it takes, you typically show it in practice. Uh, Anyways, moving on from that subject. um, Again, I want to say thank you to the other saying congratulations in the chat. You guys are awesome. I want to give a shout-out to Peter Middleton. Um, he keeps – he. Keep, I don't know if you noticed this last, but he keeps wanting out who's uh, giving stars. I, I, I that do is awesome, actually. Peter, because we can't see that. Yep. So I'm going to go grab this comment from Anthony Bradshaw. It says, can't wait until the season starts so we can officially put the lock hitting to rest or move on to another quarterback because, honestly, we literally haven't seen enough lock to say for sure either way. Um, if being honest about a, a player's play is hating, then I guess I hate everybody. Like for this whole thing of hating a player when you when you talk when you just are being honest about the, your evaluation of what's out there on the field, it, it's it's got to stop. I mean, like it's not hating. Lance and I, Lance went on his tirade about how he had Locke rated so highly, he wanted number tenth overall. I had Locke as a first round pick. I want Locke to succeed, and it's going to be my own selfish reasons why I want Locke to succeed. I want Locke to succeed because it proves my evaluation of him pre draft was correct. I want Locke to succeed. He just hasn't been playing very well, um, but we th- we appreciate the the stars. Uh, Anthony, you're awesome. Thank yeah, you for appreciate the for chat. Now moving on to Trinity Benson. Um, just want to pound my ch- uh, chest here a little bit. When he was signed, I managed to watch down a couple games of his, and I put out there an article that at some point this guy is going to make the Broncos roster. Now it's not um, not to a point where we can say, oh yeah, he definitely is. He definitely is making a case for it. Um, Trinity Benson, every day in practice, has been making big plays. Yeah. And then I got to step back because Stoney Neff uh, comes in and says, You have the coaches say Locke has showed huge improvement. Locke is going to start, and he's not going to be nearly as bad as you two want him to be. We don't want Locke to be bad. It's the Locke being bad is the worst thing for the Broncos. If he ends up not being as bad as we think he will be, then great, because that's the best thing for the Broncos. Yep. and this huge improvement that he was showing in camp he's not showing it anymore recently
0: uh Papa Chad jumping in here uh, uh, giving us some some love to the star the, the star senders here Travis Weber with 785 stars Gary Leeds up there Andrew Baker Michael obviously there uh, Andrew Morrow as well Anthony Brad Shazeb as well. Uh, thank you all again for joining us, and thank you for uh, for donating some stars to us. We really appreciate that, guys. Without seriously, without you guys and jumping in on the shows and and having a conversation with us, we really couldn't do what we do best, which is cover your Denver Broncos. And speaking of covering them, Trinity Benson, as you said, has just been making plays all over the place. But probably one of the biggest storylines that's come up over the last you know four or five days. I think he was signed on Monday. Is uh, a cornerback out of Hawaii, uh, Rojesterman Ferris has been making massive names for himself. We talked about him just a little bit earlier. That's the guy to watch on this this Broncos secondary. That's a, the down roster guy that could potentially make the roster. He has two interceptions already, had another ball hit off the back of his helmet that Drew Locke threw. Um, it has been – I think he has another – it's like two or three different pass breakups, getting some first-team reps as well. So with between Trinity Benson and Rojesterman Ferris, those are probably your two guys that are down roster guys that really have a good shot at making this roster. Um to flip to the other side of the football really fast, the offensive side of things, uh, Cortland Sutton has been – Starting to come on as of late, uh, after the first couple of practices where it looked like he was really limited, uh, Vic Fangio said uh, right before the onset of training camp that they were going to kind of monitor him, manage his usage and see how he kind of reacted and everything like that seems to be working really well. Because on Wednesday, apparently Cortland Sutton, even though Jerry Judy is still out there, Cortland Sutton was the best wide receiver on the field, man. And he had a gigantic one-handed catch. Uh, on a ball that was thrown behind him. So it sounds like Cortland Sutton is starting to come around, which means that this Broncos offense has another death, deadly chess piece to use just so long as one of the quarterbacks can hit him, man. Eric, what do you think about Cortland Sutton?
1: I mean, it's not surprising. And I did an article uh, about early risers and I got some heat because I had Cortland Sutton on there as a guy who's not really rising up. And in it, I mentioned it's because he's had a slow start as he's working back from an injury, which that's the case. Like he was, it was expected for him to have his little start, which I said in the article. And the issue was the reason why he, I had him down is because Jerry Judy has had stepped up so much, had his first drop of the, of training camp today, by the way. I uh, don't know if anybody saw that. Yeah. KJ um, Hamler was stepping up. Trinity Benson stepped up. Um, a bunch of guys were stepping up. So not having Colton Sutton start off hot, well expected was a little bit hurting to his stock overall, because yeah. now these quarterbacks have more, not necessarily more familiarity, that's not the right way to put it, but um, have more comfort at this time throwing to um, uh, these other receivers. So, I mean, it's great to see it uh, and have it back. And there was a super chat. I want to see if we can go back and get it. It may have gone away by now. Um, let's well, see. It, was, it, was no, it was from Mr. Boggins.
0: I was going to say it was from um,
1: Boggins. He said, Zach Kelberman says uh, Nathaniel Moody and Javante Williams start midseason. Do we agree? Um, not for Nathaniel Moody. Uh, I don't think he'll start unless he gets hurt. Um, Graham Glasgow is a lot better than a lot of people think he was Nathaniel Moody. He was drafted for year, three, year, four, not year two. Um, Javante Williams, that really depends on what happens with Melvin Gordon. Does he get hurt? Does he fumble it away at that point? I think Williams can overtake, but Melvin Gordon, he's really putting a lot of work. He's really shown improvement. So we'll see what happens. Um, Jesse Anna says, Nathaniel Moody seems to be giving great competition at right guard. Have you guys been seeing the same improvement from him? Um, Simple answer to this is he's not really giving a great competition at right guard. He has cemented himself as a backup there, but there is a huge gap between him and Graham
0: Glasgow. Yeah, I've actually heard the same thing. I was going to kind of elaborate on this. Apparently, when they have uh, Quinn Miners and Atani Moody playing on the field at the same time, and they run Uh, wide guard.
1: the, sure your defensive line is just dominant
0: over. It, them. Well, I've also heard the opposite as well. When they when, so if they're if they're running against the twos now, uh, if the if the ones are out there, it's it's terrible. It really is bad. But if they're running against the twos, Natani Moody and uh, um, and Quinn Miners are blowing open holes in the running game. They're not doing very well in pass protection, but they are blowing holes open in yeah. the running game. So uh, they're, yeah. they're
1: killing it. They're killing it as run blockers, which isn't isn't surprising at all. No, but pass protection. I mean, there was a time where they went against the third unit offensive line in the third unit or the defensive line. I mean, in the third unit defensive line, even ate them up in pass protection. So um, Travis Weber says, heard Cleveland has been dropping passes left and right. Um, that is correct. I mean, yes. now he's been hurt, missed the last couple of practices because of that. But um, yeah, that was a- it, it wasn't a good start. And it's why and I think this is a good time to pull it up. Um, talked earlier about my 53 man roster and going to look specifically at wide receivers. It's The fact that Cleveland is dropping passes is exactly why he didn't make it for my receivers. Um, Obviously, the first four, no shockers there. But Trinity, Benson, and Kendall Hinton, um, I have both those guys making it. I think that um, Deontay Spencer, he hasn't shown enough to really improve on offense. Obviously, special teams is a good chance for him to make it. They're trying to get K.J. Hamler to win that job. Mike Boone they're working with as a a kick returner. um, But he's there as an option as a part returner as well. Yep, they, they've made it very clear that they're not happy with Deontay Spencer. They want more. I've heard he just hasn't shown it yet. Uh, maybe that changes. Maybe games will be telling. But uh, Tyree Cleveland so far has not practiced himself to a roster spot.
0: And neither has Seth Williams because Peter Middleton. That uh, that comment from Travis Travis Weber was in response to this question here from Peter. Uh, Seth Williams has not actually looked very good as well. Um, he's had some success with the third team, um, and specifically when Teddy Bridgewater's throwing in the football, which is kind of wild to me because it doesn't necessarily click in my head. But uh, when when he's with the third, uh, third string offense and Teddy Bridgewater's throwing the football, going against the third string defense, he's making some plays there, but they're rotating everybody through so fast. You don't really get to see a lot of these highlights. The ones that you do see are guys like Kendall Hinton, who is making guys miss in the open field a lot. Trinity Benson's making a lot of big highlight plays. KJ Hamler. If there was a question about KJ Hamler earlier. That dude's blowing up too. Like this wide receiver core is going to be lethal, absolutely lethal with the with the, the only go as far as
1: the quarterback takes them.
0: Exactly. Uh, how are the edge guys doing? K Hop jumping in here uh, on YouTube. The edge guys: Von Miller and Chubb and Reed. Um, Malik Reed was on Broncos Country Tonight the other day, had a really good interview about that um, the other day, so make sure you guys go to check that out if you, you get the opportunity to. Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb, they've been kind of rotating through, um, kind of wrote, running Vaughn slowly right now because they're giving him a lot of veteran days off, and Bradley Chubb just came back from that ankle surgery. He had bone spurs removed in his ankle, so they're kind of bringing him along slowly. I think he was off today as well because they just want to get him some more conditioning. He wasn't actually in team drills or anything like that. He was on the opposite field running sprints is what i heard um however bradley chubb when he has been out there in the limited time that he has been he has been elite like uh, illegally he is always around the football uh he's had multiple different pressures has had at least what they call a couple of sacks where i mean they'll blow the blow the play dead and whatnot uh bradley chubb looks to be well on his way to be becoming a breakout player for this defense and then von miller i haven't seen a lot about him eric have you
1: yeah he's von miller Okay. Like, he he looks somewhat he looks even better than he was last year. And last year it was the best shape of his life, which granted that's what they say every single year. But uh yeah, Bob Miller, he's looking really good. In talking about the front three, it's very obviously those three. Very obviously Miller, Chubb, Reed. But after them, there seems to be a very clear pecking order for it. And Jonathan Cooper, he's really standing out. Andre Mintz is really standing out, and then there's Derek Pesca, who hasn't quite really had that moment yet, but uh I mean it's a good edge group and talking about that fifty three man roster at edge I had we had both Cooper and Mintz making it. Um but Mince is definitely one of those guys that he's like that fifty third guy that could possibly be that fifty fourth.
0: Yeah, Judy jumping in here, drops in some stars. Peter Middleton. Dude, you're doing the Lord's work back behind the scenes. You don't even necessarily realize what you're doing to help us on this. Uh, Judy jumping in here saying thank you, dropping some stars as well. I have mixed feelings on this quarterback situation. Just hope whoever it is, they can get us to the playoffs. You know – it's such an interesting conversation here because this Broncos roster is talented enough. They have a great defense. It looks like they have a really good running game as well. Uh, the first team offensive line is really working against when they go against the first team defensive line, they're working and they're actually opening up some holes. So uh, I mean, there might be some problems there, but if they, if they run the ball, well, they have the good defensive play and don't turn the football over this team can. They, I mean, they have enough talent around it to be able to make the playoffs. They really do. It all comes down to what happens with the quarterback position, though. And you're absolutely right. Absolutely. Good point, Judy. And we appreciate that. We, we appreciate you for joining us tonight.
1: Yep, Definitely. And, I mean, as it is with every team, you only go as far as your quarterback play can take it, really. Obviously, some things can change that. Obviously, you can deal with so many injuries, things like that. But quarterback play, it's so vital for it. Um, R. Powell comes in and says, who will be our tight ends besides Fant? Um, Albert Oakwood, but Eric Sobert, I think. I mean Eric Sauber he's been absolutely killing it and like just been yeah showing up as a receiver which is something that he hasn't really been and then being pretty consistent being consistent as consistent as you can be as a run blocker in practice.
0: Yeah. All right guys, uh last couple of minutes here if you got uh any any big questions, make sure we got super chats and stars and stuff like that. We'll get we'll get to them as quickly as we can. Thank you Michael, great show tonight Lance and Eric. We appreciate that. Um, um
1: Travis why are you concerned with uh Glasgow
0: yeah this is this is a good one uh what's what's the concern behind this I I just saw that good shout good Eric okay. come back come back with that Travis uh, let's see here Trevor Sandell uh says uh, they're gonna go as, as as far as the quarterback goes but also uh, I think we'll kind of segue into this and grab uh grab uh Travis's con- uh, comment about Glasgow here in just a second but uh let's see here where is it at where is it at I just saw it a second ago because um trevor sandell he says lance i just got my dove valley deep diver shirt i will post a pic on twitter i'm very pleased with it now thank you trevor for supporting the show in a great way i'm gonna start handling some matters of business as we wind down and get out of here guys thank you all for joining the dove valley deep divers podcast and as uh um as you all should know at this particular time with Trevor's comment here, if you want one of those new Dove Valley deep divers podcast t-shirts, go to hello That's the merch tent. That's where you're going to get it. You can get yourself a hat t-shirt, anything to suit your fancy. That's where you guys are going to get it. Hello, what pod.com. Now guys, while you're out there, make sure you guys are following me at, at Sanderson MHH on Twitter. And for Eric, at Eric Trickle, also guys, at Mile High Huddle. That's the instant news and analysis, uh, film breakdowns, opinion articles, anything regarding your Denver Broncos, especially covering training camp 50-50 with Teddy, uh, Teddy versus Drew. Uh, you're going to find that at Mile High Huddle on Twitter uh, Facebook supporters, make sure you go uh, to facebook.com slash mile high huddle, click the blue, become a supporter button. And also guys, as we kind of alluded to earlier, make sure you guys drop stars on every episode you guys see, because if we get to 500,000 followers at the mile high huddle Facebook page, we are going to be auctioning off a Von Miller Jersey for Facebook users that donate stars to the show. So again, 500,000 subscribers, you get yourself uh, entered into that auction for the Von Miller Jersey there as well. Um, Real quick,
1: just to interrupt you, Travis came in. I just want to get this out here. So I just haven't seen anything that has him shining. I'm sure he'll get better, but if uh, the offensive line has my concern. That, that's very valid. I just want to say, yeah. though, that uh, in unpadded practices, you're just not going to hear a whole lot about uh, the offensive line just because they're at such a disadvantage. And then with offensive line, even in padded practice, no news is actually good news because it means that they're yeah. not giving up big plays. Maybe they're not having those big shining moments, but there hasn't been a lot about Garrett Bowles or Dalton Reisner either, which means that they're not, not making they're just doing their job. And that's that's what yep. you want to
0: see. I I saw some things about Garrett Bowles the other day. I had a one-on-one rep with Bradley Chubb and stonewalled him, so that was a good thing. But then Chubb actually got him back with a sack later in the practice. Um, As far as Graham Glasgow is concerned, I haven't seen anything there. Dalton Reisner seems to be pancaking people. And then Lloyd Cushenberry actually had a big pancake block the other day. Um, Really, the only question mark is the right tackle position, and it seems as if – there's actually a real competition there between Calvin Anderson and Bobby Massey. Like that, depending on the day who starts the day, it really does depend on who is playing better there. So it
1: depends on if Miller is playing or is practicing or not.
0: That's also very true. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, to finish this up guys, uh, if you guys are not fancy to, you know, become supporters, where you can get the trickle zone, where you can get Kelberman's Corner, uh, that premium content on the on the Facebook page, where you don't want to, you know, you get some merch or anything, it, it's fine, it's great. But you guys all should be doing this. Subscribe wherever you guys are watching this, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Um, if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, uh, wherever you get to guys' podcast material, it's you're going to find this. Follow at Mile High Huddle. Subscribe to at Mile High Huddle. Uh, Like every video you guys see, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch does not matter. Like every video you guys see. And if you love it, share it. That is the most organic way that you can help grow the show because it gets in front of as many Broncos fans as possible. If you have like-minded Broncos fans, you want to show what, you know, Hey, you've got this, this cool podcast, share it to them. And that helps us, helps us grow our following to do what we do best, which as I've always said, cover your Denver Broncos. And if without you guys, we couldn't do it. So. And allows me to do it full time. Yeah. And Eric is now full-time. So th- that's uh, Peter Middleton jumping in here really quick. Uh, Cameron Fleming, why no news on him? Because he's been inconsistent, very inconsistent. No, he's been hurt. It, well, yeah, that,
1: he, he just finally got around to practicing like what, two days ago, three days uh, ago. So
0: uh, I I'd seen that he was inconsistent and he uh, hadn't really gotten a, a lot of opportunities so that I didn't know that he was hurt. So that's my apologies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, was sometime this week when he actually was able to get out there. So,
0: okay, let's see. Let's run through one more quick uh, glance at the uh, at the chat. Um, I Cleed just kinda... says,
1: sorry, Cleed Torres says uh, if Messi is neck and neck with the former backup opposite tackle, that isn't encouraging. Um, he's not really neck and neck, and it's not with the former backup. Um, well, I mean, guess kind of it is. He's neck and neck with Calvin Anderson. Um, Cameron Cameron Fleming is very clearly the number three guy.
0: Yes. Uh, so the, the former backup thing with Calvin Anderson, he was an undrafted rookie free agent out of Texas last year. This is an up and coming guy and they're they're very high on him. He, like There's a reason why they gave him the first team reps on the opening day of training camp, the opening two days of training camp. He was playing with the first team exclusively. Then they rotated in Bobby Massey. Now they've got Calvin Anderson back out there again. He's playing very well and he's got the athleticism to do it. He's got the physicality to do it. It's a big, a big issue was hand placement and functional strength, which if he went into the weight room and it sounds like they, they got Lloyd Cushenberry who had struggles with functional strength, they've got him playing pretty well. If they did the same thing with Calvin Anderson, this could be a legit competition because Calvin Anderson's young. He's only going into his second year. Bobby Massey's 30. Like, like, or it, it may not be 30. It's 20, 28, 29, something like that. He's, he's an older guy, older veteran and is just kind of a guy calvin anderson can develop into something especially under mike munchak so that's why you're not hearing very much about cameron fleming because those two guys are really running away with this competition so let's see here um we have just a couple of things that i saw earlier that i want to try to grab uh have you guys seen uh pat Schirmer runs sp- run split back, split backs formation at camp. Uh, I have not. So full disclaimer, guys, I have not been to camp yet. I, I, I would love to go. I I just haven't been able to do so. The stuff that we're bringing you is reports that we get from, um, people that are at camp or whatever video content that we get from the Denver Broncos. They, they put out on their, uh, on their camp webs, or uh, on their, uh, their Twitter account and on their YouTube account, they actually show, a lot of practice for about an hour it's live coverage on their youtube account you guys can go and watch any of it it's still up there right now if you go to uh denver broncos youtube page you can watch all this stuff and find out what we're seeing to find out some of the takeaways it's not the best best video by any stretch of the imagination but you can still see a little bit about what we're talking about i have not seen anything run split backs from this uh from this offense yet but it would not surprise me to see uh, Melvin Gordon and um, Javante Williams on the field at the same time. Let's see here. I don't think there was anything else. So, Eric, I think that's going to wrap it up for us guys on the mm-hmm. Deep Divers podcast. Thank you all for joining us. And before we get out of here, Eric, any last words?
1: None. Just thank you guys for joining us. I will see some of you guys tomorrow morning um, for the Trickle Zone. Uh, going to be more camp stuff. Not sure exactly focus on what yet. But uh, thank you guys for joining tonight and see you next week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all again for joining us on the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. Uh, You all stay safe, take care, have a great rest of your weekend, and as always, go Broncos.